Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. to another edition of the Waterball Lake podcast. I am Gary, and as always, I am joined by Ant. How are you, Ant? Yeah, really well, mate. As, as well as can be expected anyway. Great, great. No worries. And today we are joined by uh, Carlo from the Reds Report. How are you, Carlo? Are you okay? Evening, boys. Yeah, Barnsley won the match, so I'm <laughs> I'm amazing. Still, still on the high. Good, good. Glad to hear it. Glad to hear it. So yeah, we're gonna have a chat with you. Obviously, you know about Barnsley. Um. So first things first, Carlo. Uh, background. How did you? How did you come around to uh, supporting Barnsley? How did it come around for you? Right. So not wanting to bore you too much. Um. <laughs> summer of nineteen ninety. Uh, I'm Dutch. Uh, finished studying, and I had uh, about seven months before I had to go in the army. So I took a job in a hotel in Yugoslavia. Bear with me; it'll all make sense in a minute. Um, <laughs> because I, I I speak few languages, so I work there. And whilst I'm there, a girl from Barnsley is on holiday. See where I'm going with this. And um, after my contract finished, I no longer had to do national service because they abolished it. So I came to Barnsley. I thought I'll have a couple of weeks. Let's see what it's like. And it's now 30 years later and I'm still here. And so, um, and initially it was all about finding a job and everything. And then 
it was actually a next door neighbour that uh, we we moved into our own house, and he says, "Oh, I'm just going to go to Barnsley for me, mate. Do you like football?" See, I've always liked football, and never really had time. Normally working on a Saturday, and I went, and um, I suppose you know you, you caught the bug, uh, and because the, the atmosphere was really different than football in Holland, that what I was used to. I just yeah, I caught the bug, and ever since then, um, barring work on a Saturday, uh, I can be found at Oakwell. Or if I'm ill, so yeah, uh, almost 30 years now. Early 90s this was, so uh, for quite some time. Ah, cool. So yeah, quite quite an innings as a Barnsley fan then. I mean, who, who over that period of time has been your favourite players then, Carlo? Um, biased, I know. Um, so we had a, a defender the, the year we went to the uh, to the Premier League and during the year in the Premier League, and because he's Dutch, I'm going to mention him because um. Uh, Arian De Zeeuw, uh, really, really good defender. He went on to captain Portsmouth and Wigan, I believe. He, yeah. he, he had a half-decent career. Uh, and I met him a few times. So, yeah, he was really good. Um, more recent history, um, I think if you look at somebody like Adam Hamill, um, who had three stints at the club and each and every one, I just thought he were absolutely amazing. And if you go back to, what, 2016 and, you know, two appearances at Wembley and him scoring on both... Um, he's just everything you want a Barnsley player to be, you know. He can he, he, he use his mouth a bit and, and rile people up. Tricky feeds, eye for goal. Um, so I suppose if you if, if I look back over all these 30 years, then um, I think, yeah, Adam Hamill would definitely be playing in my sort of all-time, you know, first starting 11 kind of thing. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Alshan he he's an absolute legend. I mean, I totally, totally even forgot he existed, if I'm being honest, but as soon as you mentioned his name, I was like, Portsmouth defender. What a player he was back in the day. Yeah. I mean, obviously yeah. going from you know your favorite players to to your worst players. I mean, which players did you just thought you are rubbish? Um, I, I tell you what, it was a marquee signing as well. We signed. I don't even know who from, but we signed Nido. He was an Egyptian international. Um, I can't even remember when. Um, and we signed him, and it was like whoa. I only think I think he only started about two matches. I never even think he got a full ninety minutes because he was just dog shit. Literally, he was unfit. But it was the name, wasn't it? I think they, they tried, you know. Barnsley, you know, a few times have sort of revived people's careers. I don't know if you can remember Ricardo Vaste. Yeah. He, um, he, oh, he, he, was, he was a revelation for Bolton. Then it all started going wrong. He went to Scotland. And then whilst he went to Scotland, Barnsley bought him. And, and they didn't pay much for him. And in his first match, I think he got a hat-trick for us against Leeds at home. Well, if you do that. You're an hero, aren't you? You get the key to the town centre, you get a statue, you get a road named after you, you know, a whole new area is being built, the houses <laughs> named after you. Um, and um, we then sold him actually quite cheap to uh, West Ham, I think it was. And then he scored the winning goal in the playoff for them to go to the uh, to the Premier League. Um, and, and they've tried it since, but yeah, Mido was just... Although I could say we... <laughs> We signed a Belgium striker in the last transfer season. Again, marquee signing. Oh, everything we needed. Ebo's got a, a, up there. Um, I think he played 15 or 20 minutes as a sub. And he's back on loan in Belgium. So that went really well. Um, but I think just for the name and for the the you know the the the, the legend that he was, we talked about him being an international and it was Mido and he he was Dog shit. Yeah. Absolute, absolute shocking. Yeah. Shocking. So yeah, Mido was probably the one. Oh, sorry there. And do you remember Mido back in the day? I do, I do. Egyptian legends, but I think <laughs> I think that's what uh, that's what's just been said there. I think he, he liked 
the um, the finer things in life, didn't he? You know, he liked uh, he liked his food. I think because he, he was never fit. You know, he was never wasn't he? He was at Middlesbrough, and I remember that there was a massive hoo-ha about about them signing him, and he was very very much linked with signing for Sunderland one time, and we signed I think we signed Ben Johnny instead or someone like someone useless. But yeah. Great, uh, great name though. As you said, you know, you know, you want someone to come to Barnes and that. was coming to Barnes, he really loved the town centre. <laughs> he did. And I, I'm just looking back. I say yeah, he had one appearance for us, one. And and <laughs> I mean, anybody these time, he had one appearance. Not great, is it? And especially because bearing in mind, you know, ten years previous or whatever, he played for Ajax. And yeah. you know, if you play for Ajax, then you know, yeah. And um, you know, he scored loads of goals. And I remember at the time saying, you know, Sanmiro, what? What Ajax? Is he still playing? Yeah, a bit. Um, yeah, dog shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, I mean, I, I I didn't see the hype around him. He only had one good season at Ajax, and then he was alright for Egypt. Don't get me wrong, but um. I didn't really like see the 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 hype around him. I mean, um, like moving on from that, obviously being a Barnsley fan, um, I imagine you've got some favourite moments there, Carlo. What can you tell us what they are? Uh, yeah. So I was there on the um <clears throat> on the afternoon that we clinched promotion to the Premier League. Um, that that was just um obviously we've never done it again. Um, but for 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 a for a, for a town like Barnsley and, and and let's face it I mean I'm quite sort of like realistic we we live in the shadow of um I live a mile of the M1 so if I get to the M1 and I go south then two junctions further there's uh, Sheffield United the Sheffield Wednesday if I go to the M1 and I go northbound in about six junctions I'm in Leeds um, and then in between and then obviously you've got you know you've got Rotherham so Barnsley was always sort of like the black sheep of, of, of South Yorkshire. So to get to the Premier League with a, a squad of players that nobody really knew, but they were young, uh, a lot of them were local, the works were really hard, so that was by far. And obviously the season itself, I remember playing on a Sunday afternoon, Chelsea at home, and we were losing 5-0, and literally um, like 15,000, 16,000 Barnsley fans were singing, we're going to win 6-5. Like, you know what I mean? The, it, it didn't matter, but we, we saw legends playing there, and... Um, Although, obviously, we got relegated. Um, just the experience of seeing these big teams come play at Oakwell was, 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 was special. And then, I suppose, if you fast forward, um, uh, I wasn't uh, the, the, the FA Cup season, 2008, where, you know, we'd beat Liverpool. Um, I was there when we beat Chelsea. Um, but 2016, I suppose, going to Wembley twice, uh, you know, Lee Johnson was our manager. And, and we weren't doing really great. Um, and it was the, um, which, what's now the Carabao Cup, it was the Johnston Payne Trophy. And, and, and we got a bit of a run in that. And, and that then rubbed off on our league form as well. And at, at Christmas, you know, we, we were down, uh, you know, near the bottom. And then it just turned around and Lee Johnson left and, and, and Paul Heckingbottom took over. And then two Wembley appearances. Um, so we, we won the final of the Payne Trophy and uh, to get promoted as well, you know, to, to beat Millwall at, at, at Wembley. So probably in more recent history, that is um, yeah, definitely, uh, definitely a highlight. See, I'm, I'm quite old now, so I can remember 2016, but 2000, sorry, 1996 was like a little bit longer ago, isn't it? But yeah, they're, pro they're probably my highlights. You said Lee Johnson there, obviously Sunderland manager up until very recently, me and Anne both been Sunderland fans. I mean, what were your thoughts on Lee Johnson? 
you know, um, I've been doing the rest report for quite some time. In fact, we were doing it with Lee Johnson, wasn't Barnsley. Um, and to talk to him, um, he was one of the nicest managers I've, I've ever interviewed. And we did a load of interviews with him because at one point we were the, the club's podcast kind of thing. So we spoke to him, to players. Uh, we did an interview with him uh, and he was on the bus. He was on the coach to Wembley. Um, and so as, as, as a person, really, really, really good. The, the personal opinion... I've always thought that he just overcomplicated things. Um, did you see the spreadsheet that he had, the, the, the PowerPoint presentation, where all areas of the pitch he sort of named, like, you know, um, the corridor of opportunity. And you'd have to look it up on Google, but he came with that. And I remember our owner sort of saying, you know, that's, that's really nice if you go to university. But Barnsley just needs a 4 4 2 with two wingers that go bombing up and down the wing and they put balls in and we're going to strike and heads in. And our owner intervened and said, he tried all these formations and it just wasn't working. We were doing shit. And then our owner said, Lee, just play 4-4-2. Choose who, but you need to play 4-4-2 and things start improving. So as a person, he was really good. Listen, he got us to the you know the final of the Johnson Payne Trophy. We won away at Fleetwood and he left shortly after because he went to Bristol City, didn't he? But yeah, as a manager... Probably not, you know, he'll not make my top five kind of thing. Yeah, and um, obviously you've met Lee Johnson a couple of times. Would you share the same sentiment that he's a lovely bloke? Do you know, do you know what? I, that's literally the words have been taken out of my mouth there. Like, you know, such, I've met him twice, such a lovely bloke. You know, we, we were talking down at the um, community soup kitchen when we did for Rope Report. We raised like quite a lot of money for them and he had time for everybody. I mean, it was like 12, 13 staff there and he was, you know, taking time. These guys coming in, you know, homeless people coming in who kind of like didn't recognise who he was. And, and then when they did, you know, he was he was stopping having, you know, minute chats with them and everything, you know. Great guy. But again, you know, again, just, just echoing what was said there, like he just overcomplicated things for me. I mean... I don't want this to go off into what should Lee Johnson have been sacked with something, yeah. you know, because we're talking about Barnsley, but it's it's like, it's streaky, isn't it? He's called Streaky Lee for a reason, you know, because he, he goes on either a really, really good run yeah. and everything's hunky-dory. You lose, say, you know, like, I don't know, like a 1-0 to, you know, Brist- Bristol City or whatever at home, and then everything just goes downhill. He doesn't quite know how to kind of change that. So I wish him all the best, thing, you know, and like I said, as a, as a bloke, couldn't have met a nicer lad, and I've met a lot of people in football. He's he's up there, but as manager, he probably wouldn't get into my top ten. Never mind my top five. But <laughs> had a lot more managers than Barnsley, to be honest. Because three season at the minute, so <laughs> and it's it, it's hard, though, isn't it? Because I mean, and I know I don't want to change the subject, but I, I remember us both going down Sunderland to Barnsley that season, um, and you know, for for for. for at Barnsley, you know, I went up when we played Sunderland. There are such massive expectations because it's a little bit like Barnsley, not in that league, because you get far more supporters than I suppose. But football is the only thing positive in that town, isn't it? And, and that's the same here. If the football club, it's it, it's it's horrible. And I thought when he got when he got sort of like offered a job, it's no use saying, oh, you know, it's League One, it's Sunderland, and Sunderland itself is, you know, it's it's more. I know they're playing League One, but it's more, isn't it? And I thought when he got it, like, this is either going to scare you or you're going to absolutely smash it. And and um, yeah, 
I, I, I mean, I don't know how, how Sunderland's fans sort of um, view him or, or look back on his time, but yeah, it's, uh, it's a difficult one, isn't it? Yeah, he was quite, he was pretty much, you know, it's definitely a Marmite thing with him, you know, especially over here, a half, and like I say, I've got absolutely no bad words to say about him, even as, as, as running the club, I think he did, he did an okay job, you know, um, you know, he did, he had us in third and table, and, and obviously we've, we've dropped like a brick since then, so obviously something's gone wrong, but he, he just, there was not many games where you left where you thoroughly where you, you felt entertained. You know what I mean. And this yeah, is yeah. this is going. We're, we're beating teams like three or four, or five nil at the start of the season. You thought that it's it's coming around. You know what I mean. But our away form under him was absolutely awful. This is in both seasons. You know he couldn't quite replicate away from home. And like I said, or I don't want this to be you know go off to, off on a tangent about Lee Johnson. But you know I wish him all the best. I really do. I really do wish him yeah. all the best. I think the time was right that. He left. Well, it is what it is. Yeah. Um. I mean, obviously, like I have my opinions on on Lee Johnson as well in regards to Sunderland. But obviously, we're talking about Barnsley today, so we'll, we'll, we'll get a guest on next week. Gary, have a proper argument. <laughs> no, no, no. It's fair. It's fair enough. It's fair enough. I mean, obviously, you know, we kind of walked into the you know the Lee Johnson conversation, um, as well as obviously talking about like Johnson's pay trophy and stuff, and you know, one of the tournaments that uh. Barnsley were involved in it earlier in, in the year was the, the FA Cup and one of the best games I've seen in the FA Cup so far, obviously a 5-4 uh, win over Barrow. That was a great game to watch. Obviously, you know, fourth round got beat. Um, but, I mean, that, that game against Barrow was, again, a, a brilliant, brilliant game to watch of, you know, football. It, 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 it... It, it 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 was for the neutral, yeah, and if you watch exactly. it because you like the good game of football, <laughs> for Barnsley was worrying because it um you know a League Two team that played with ten players since the forty or the thirty fourth minute I think they got somebody sent off and we were two 0 up and you think ah oh, this great this and and it 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 showed I mean the problems we're having at Barnsley at the moment it just showed that as um. Our managers find it very hard to adapt tactically. If if the opposition changes shape or formation, he finds it very hard to sort of counter that. And um, I mean, I yeah, my heart kept going. But um, I suppose for Barry it was great because they weren't disgraced, were they? We won by a single goal, and and you know we had to, we had to bring um, Morris off the bench, who is our sort of top scorer this season. Uh, who we were, we were going to give him a rest because this was an easy ride, wasn't it? Easy passage to round four. Ah, no. Um, but and we had to take him off the bench, and then he scored and scored the winner. But for Barrow, absolutely fantastic. But yeah, for the neutral, fantastic match to watch. I didn't have any nails. It took four weeks to grow back after that one. <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely, it was it was a good game watch for the neutral. I mean, uh, on the pod, I think me and Ant spoke about with our, our guest whoever it was at the time. Not I can't really remember off the top of my head, but it was a brilliant game for the neutral to watch but you know yeah. going into that um you know if it was a hard game to watch nail biting moments what was some of the you know the the, the worst kind of moments that you you've had as a Barnsley fan would you say Carlo um oh, there's been a few <laughs> um I suppose Oh, I can't remember the season. Oh, it's a while back. I remember it was bank holiday season. So we, we played on the Saturday and we won 6-0. Yeah. And then we played away on the Monday and we got beat 6-0. And, and even now, when I'm 50 years old, in my mind sometimes I think, how can you go from scoring six with a clean sheet to letting six in? Um, and, and I've had some uh, um, I've, had, I've had some terrible away trips. Uh, FA Cup, um, Old Tringham. I mean, Old Tringham. And we lost 1-0. Uh, 
Um, that was Lee Johnson, actually. That was that was Lee Johnson's. Uh... The question was Lee Johnson, not the six nil winning and six nil defeat, because that was pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, Lee Johnson was Altrigham. I went to Altrigham. He absolutely bounced it. It, it, Absolutely, obviously not covered. Uh, Stood up. I took my daughter at the time. And and I remember going back thinking, why am I doing this? But then on the coach back, you have that banter with all these other people. And I was almost on one of these family buses because I take my kids. And uh, I thought... This is why I do a minute because, like, we're all like, oh, we're going to beat these, we're going to beat these, and then coming back, we're all like, manager needs to be sacked. You know what I mean? It's like the conversation sort of changes. Um, we've had we've had some pretty horrible um, local derbies. I have to say, um, I remember doing commentary for the club when we played um, away at Chef Wednesday in 2017, I think it was. Uh, Adam Hamill got a red. He didn't even do anything, but he got a red. Um, so, yeah. And then from a club perspective, you know, obviously um, we were administration for a while, so we weren't sure whether there was going to be a club. And I have to say, up to um, Tuesday night, um, you know, having won a total of three matches in the championship and and from where we were last season, um, yeah, there, there's been... I'm not saying dark days, that sounds a bit much, but... Definitely this season, I've I've not enjoyed it as much just because everything seems to be going downhill. You know, we, we write the crest last season, and I know five subs, Valeria and Ismail, uh, you know, Alex Mowat, uh, no fans, and, and, you know, we finished like fifth, got to playoffs. And then this, and, and during the summer, the board says that they want to change the style of play because um, the, the style we had wasn't very attractive to uh, prospective buyers of, of some of our players and no bids had come in. So it needed changing and they brought obviously Marcus shopping. And then he, he got appointed in the summer and from then till end of October when he got sacked, well, we had no identity. And, and, and it was absolute shocking to watch. And then they brought this Poyeras Vagi and everybody's like, oh, oh Sweden on the 20s must have been a pedigree. Oh, it's all right. And I mean, he got appointed in November and he got his first win two weeks ago. So it, it's just been, ah, you know, you're out of COVID, things are getting better again, and then you can go to Oakwell and watch that shine. Yeah. It was horrible, absolutely horrible. Um, so, yeah, um, listen, we won again. So we won two in the last three, so I can't moan too much. Probably we're still bottom. And I think in any season, if the club above you, Above you, as a twenty-one points deducted, yeah. I, you, you need to seriously look saying what's going wrong. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, you mentioned there uh, in regards to you know you've had some horrible away days. Um, so what's been your best and what's been your worst away day then? Um, we've we've had a few really really bad ones. <laughs> I mean, I've always I always enjoyed the atmosphere. As Sheffield United more than Sheffield Wednesday, you know, when they, when they've all been in the yeah. same, uh, when we've all been in the same league. Um, I can't remember ever winning at Sheffield United when I've been. So although the atmosphere is fantastic, results-wise, it's shocking. Um, I remember losing against Chesterfield ones as well. I mean, Chesterfield, they hardly surviving. They're, yeah, but anyway. Um, I, the best one, I wasn't away day, but I, we were talking about, because for me, the best away days, um, you know, I, I went to Portsmouth. Uh, my daughter lived there, so I drove down, slept there, went to watch the match, went out for the night and then drove back the following day. And it was like 1-1. One, one. 
and um, it was more about the experience than anything else. But I prefer the shorter distances because I'm a bit older as well. And sometimes I work on Saturdays or I have to work early on a Sunday. So the local derbies for me are always the highlight of every season. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, this season, obviously, we've got Sheffield United um, because Chef Wednesday has gone down. Um, my best derby that I can remember is um, beating like Leeds, you know, 5-3 um, at, at Oakwell. And um, the last... Kick of well, not kick. The last kick I think Conor Horan had for Barnsley was a free kick, uh, free kick against Leeds, and and that went in an absolute pearl, and that's something I, I look back on really, really fondly. Um, Altingham away is probably up there as a one of the away days. I, you know, don't get me wrong, it's it's great to think where you're going, and people mourn about Oakwell being a small stadium and everything, but when you go to Altingham in the FA Cup, you know, it's it's like a park, you know. Um, so. Um, yeah, I, I enjoy the derby matches. Um, I have to say, at home at least, really good. Worst, I, I probably go with Altium just because of the weather. Shocking, shocking football, shocking result. Um, and it wasn't long after that Lee um, Lee Johnson left because I think the week after or a week and a half after, I think we played um, Fleetwood, and then obviously he got us to the final. But then, yeah, that's uh, that was the end of him. Ah, fair enough, fair enough. I mean, and I'm going to hand this one over to you because you've got a very interesting story about a, a Sunderland away day at Barnsley. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know if you can remember, Carlo, it was the, the Roy Keane season and we, we pretty much had as many fans there as Barnsley fans. We sold out two ends. You normally do, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, oh, uh, yeah. I mean, I remember going down as well. Actually, I'm going up tangent, but I remember going down last time Barnsley went up in, in the wind. It was a Tuesday night. It was absolutely awful. It was a nil-nil draw, and the wind was absolutely horrendous. And uh, it was raining. The wall was making I got soaked. Um, but yeah, this one stood to Roy Keane. Um, I think it was early on. Like, it was an early kickoff. It might have been on telly or something. And we ended up winning two nil. Um, Grant led better, and I think David Conley might have scored. You know, a great time. Um, me and Gary and our other friend, other friend Stephen ended up getting lost on the way about the car. Did completely the wrong thing and ended up, you know, probably with the bands, the ultras or something over there. <laughs> well, they were 12. <laughs> no, they, 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 were, they were oldish men, no? We literally got chased out of town. You know, like, oh, oh. you know, like back in the old westerns where like, you like, they kick you out of town on a rail. Well, that was me and Kerry running for our lives. <laughs> um, but I loved, I loved, I love all well, it was, It's one of those, so I like to call, you know, proper stadiums, isn't it? You know, it's not this, you know, the flashy lights, this, that, and the other. It's a proper old, old fashioned, great stadium. They're, they're the ones, the atmosphere, you can't beat atmospheres in stadiums like that, you know, even I, when. When someone moved from Roker Park to the Stain Light, and this is, you know, going on neck end of 30 year now. Um, in fact, like 23, 24 year, something like that. But the atmosphere for me has never been the same as what it was growing up going to Roker Park, you know, because you didn't miss them little enclosed stadiums. So, but yeah, that was a great away day. I really enjoyed that one. You know what? I remember, uh, obviously, you go to well. If if you play Leeds, if you play Sunderland, they always sell out. And sometimes they get the you know the old stand of so if you sit in the away stand, the, the old stand over on your right hand side, they can't yeah. now because there's no facilities. And in fairness, that's where we tend to sit because we normally get a press pass for the, for the Barnsley matches, so so we can sit in there. Um, but Sunderland for um, you know wherever they travel, they they travel in numbers, don't they? Um, and um, I. You, you talked about, you know, I, we, we played Hull on, on a Tuesday night and I couldn't go because I finished work late, so I watched it. 
And it was like a, a wrestling event. They were like fireworks and the lights were going. I thought there was some sort of electric current issue at Humberside because the lights were going. But apparently that's the build-up. Um, and, and that's great. And, it, you know, it looks a spectacle. I don't know if it's good for people with epilepsy, but, it, you know, it, it looks really nice. But then I think, does that create an atmosphere, though? I mean, maybe it does, and the whole fans will, will tell you. Uh, at Barnsley, we've got the stupid clap clap song that we sing, you know, on Time Rider when everybody comes out. But it's that... I want to hear that roar. And and I've said before, in fact, in meetings with CEO and everything about you know, what's working well, what's not working well, I've always said, when the teams come out, the first thing they hear is the away fans. And when you play a Wednesday or a Leeds or a Sunderland, you can't hear the Barnsley because you're literally walking next to 6,000 screaming, you know, Geordies or Leeds fans or whatever. And I I enjoy that roar as the fans come out. And, and I watched it a whole and you couldn't hear anything because the music was that loud and like this, these fireballs that keep shooting up in the sky and the lights are going on and off and on and off. And it, it didn't feel like a football match. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I, I, it's honestly, it's one thing I kick out of football, this thing with the lights. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I don't know where, where it started from, but nearly every team's like, trying to do it now. It's like, it's not a rock concert. It's a football match. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I totally agree with what you were saying. The first thing as soon as anyone walks out is, you know, especially, the, you know, a stadium where... There ain't been that many fans there, but they make the loudest noises for me. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you go out there and you hear that roar, especially like you said before, where you know we're both we're both from you know working class towns and starting you know. And what what's the most important thing in Barnsley and in, and in Sunderland? It's three o'clock on a Saturday. You know you don't want to ruin it by playing stupid music and everything <laughs> like that. You know, I would kick it off. It is, and it, it takes away from what it is. Like, yeah. and, and, and don't get me wrong, and, and this is no disrespect against Hull, but if if you do it at, you know, Old Trafford on a Champions League night or at the Etihad for, you know, and when it's sold out, I get it. But this this sold tickets at like three quid or whatever to fill it because Hull really needed a result. And it just had the opposite effect, didn't it? That to build something up and Hull never got out the first gear. And it's like... Just let them walk in, just switch the lights on, you know, have a decent song on people, sing, clap, cheer, that roar as they come out, and just play football, don't overcomplicate it with light shows and pyrotechnics and all that. Just play. Yeah, there's, there's, there's no worse. It, it felt like it was uh, SmackDown versus Raw or something, you know what I mean? <laughs> as the teams were coming out. Totally agree. Oh, same, same. I mean, yeah, and and also mentioned just there, you know, crap music during the day and stuff. I mean, one part they missed out on our story was obviously we did get chased out of Barnsley, but you know, going out of Barnsley, we did actually kind of poke the bear by playing Enter Shikari. Sorry, you're not a winner while driving through Barnsley City Centre. But to be fair, we only played that afterwards. That you know, after that, we got you know ran out of town. You know, yeah. basically, you know, I thought, oh, what song did we put on? We put that on, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You got to fight back. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like I say, I've been, I've been, I've only been twice, and that that was the first time. And miraculously, not the last time, because obviously I went in, in the wind, and that, that was just. I mean, it was a nil, nil. But mind you, that Barnsley team that year. Was was a they were the best team I've probably seen the Steve Knights since we were in League One. This is not blowing smoke on anyone's ass or anything, but we won four two at home. I don't know how it could have been about like eight eight. It was yeah. such a great game of football. Manchester scored a couple of great goals for us, and then Keeper Miller was unplayable that night. You know, he he was the best striker and probably still is the best striker I've seen at League One level. Bar Ross Stewart now, you know, Ross Stewart's a little bit like that. Um, but Keeper Miller, what a player he was in League One, but 
Um, it was great to see. And I'm glad that you, you, I know it's not going well this season, but I'm glad to see that you've established still. You know, you haven't come straight back down. You haven't yo-yoed like what Rotherham do. Um, you know, you kept you had a bloody good go of it last season. You know, nearly yeah. got there. And, and on our um, on our pod last year, we predicted the playoffs. And I actually said Barnes were in the playoffs. I was quite good. They didn't, but. Uh, and we'll see, you know, what's happened to what happened and we might be playing for the next season, but I'll, I'll probably come down next year as well, see what happens then. <laughs> well, and the thing is as well, if, if, if we go to League One and, and, and if you don't go up or if we're same, playing in the same league, um, I, I present a red report with Steve and uh, I, I can't go to many because I work full time. We're, we're a foster family, so we've got a, a disabled boy that lives with us. And if I'm not working, you know, it's family time as well. But football is when I say important. You know, you barter, don't you? Like, if I go to that away match, do you want to go away for a weekend with the girls? And you know what I mean. So, and if I look, uh, and this year there wasn't there wasn't that much to be fair. We didn't know what would happen with COVID, but um, Sunderland away is that's the one, isn't it? You know, because let's face it, you'll still get more people in the Stadium of Light in League One than than we do playing West Brom at home in, in, in the championship or whoever we play. So, and the atmosphere, but it's not just that. It's football means the same to you uh, what it means to us. It's yeah. a working class town. And on a Saturday, it's tools down, a couple of beers, and you go to the stadium and you sing your heart out for your lads in your colours. And that tradition, whatever you want to call it, I feel very much is the same up in the northeast as what it is for us and it's not the same no matter what anybody says it's not the same for manchester city for chelsea for for spurs or whoever it might be for burnley but it's definitely not for you know man city or whatever and and that's why i enjoy football and that's why i sort of pick my away you know my my away days kind of thing um so let's hope it's not like on a tuesday night because there's no chance for me but yeah a decent saturday early in the year when the weather's nice as well i think yeah, quite yeah. fancy that yeah, definitely. I mean, um, in regards to uh, Ortwell, um, this doesn't have to be Barnsley players, but who has been some of the best players you've seen play at Ortwell? You know, you can go for you know your Sergio Aguero's, for example. Um, I'd I'd probably have to say, um, I think in a Premier League season, Gianfranco Zola was oh, what just a world beater. And the thing is, as well. He was just a really nice guy. He almost felt embarrassed. I think he got three or four that afternoon because we lost 6-0 or whatever it was. Didn't even matter. He, and he didn't celebrate like he'd, he just won, you know, the Champions League because they were playing Barnsley, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But and, and, and I remember towards the end, they got a standing ovation of all four sides. The Barnsley fans stayed to applause Chelsea because it was about the occasion. But he was just, he's just a magician. Um, so I'd, I'd, I'd probably have to say... Gianfranco Zola. And, and and don't get me wrong, um, we, we played um, Chelsea at home, didn't we, in the um, 2008 the FA Cup. And, and and they had decent play. I mean, John Terry and everybody played. But nobody made an impression of me than what Gianfranco Zola did because they, they, they built him up to be this, you know, um, absolute star. And, and he just was. Every touch... Even when you think there's nothing on here, yeah. the, the way he passed, go past people. So, yeah, I'd, I'd go for him, definitely. He was an absolute magician, Zola. Yeah. I mean, what a player he was. You know, um, massive fan of him. Massive fan of the, that Chelsea team as well, when there was the likes of, you know, Di Matteo and Gianluigi oh, yeah. Vialli. What, what a side they were. Um, cool. I mean, is there anyone else that stands out besides Zola? Um... Let's have a look. We. I saw Van Nistelrooy play. 
and, and being Dutch, that was quite because obviously yeah. it, it, it was a strike for the Netherlands. And you know, when, when you wear, you know, your three lines on the shirt, <laughs> I'm in orange. So, um, I mean, it, it wasn't, you know, it, it made an impression on me because, you know, he's the same as like, I and he scored against us as well. So that made an impression not so much for how he played, but just for who he was, if you know what I mean. Um, I'm just thinking, see, it, it tends to be the, the, the older ones, it tends to be. Um, so, for, you know, like Premier League season or the season we went up because there's there were just there will be it as then, and I think football's changed so much because we're, we're so used now to, to putting the telly on and watch. You know, if you watch, you know, Man City, Chelsea, Arsenal, probably so much Man United, you know, the biggest talents in the world, there's a pool of maybe five or six teams. Well, who, who will they go and play for? Yeah. And it's just readily available now, isn't it? You can watch them almost every match day, and and when it's like 96. You know, to see some of these players, um, uh, I remember uh, watching Solskjaer at Sheringham. I watched, um, and and that again is like because they were so iconic together. We you know when it was the SAS as they said in they had, had, had Manchester, Manchester United, um, and that was super super impressive. Um, but I have to say, no, nobody like Zola. He was just untouchable. And I, I, I think Zola, for me, then, is maybe what, like, uh, you know, maybe Ronaldo or Messi or Mbappe is, is now. He was just star quality throughout. The way he laced his boots, the way he did the warm-up, staying behind, well, not staying behind, but clapping all four sides of, of, of Oakwell before going off after what was probably a training match for him, let's face it. Um, but just classy, absolute class. Yeah, definitely. I mean, your thoughts on Solar and back back in the day? You know what? I'm going to put it out there. Probably the most underrated player I've ever played in the Premier League because uh, he doesn't get mentioned with the greats, you know, like the Henri's, the Agueros, you know. He doesn't really get, get, get put in the same True. breath. But I remember watching him, you know, and I would have only been a kid at the time, you know what I mean? But I just remember he was probably my favourite player like growing up. I remember watching him on like Football Italia on a Sunday and always thinking, oh, I'd love to see him, you know, I'd love to, see, love to watch him live. And then I think... We got the chance to see him in 1996 when we beat Chelsea 3-0. I want to see he was playing, but I can't remember. I remember Hull had played and Hull was brilliant. Yeah. Uh, and Kevin Ball took him out, so he, he barely heard. And so I don't think Zola had played, but um, yeah, I, I mean, I will put it out there. One, one of, if not the most underrated players, because he just, every game, he was mint. Uh, but it was, he just went under the radar, didn't he? Because he, he was always in the back pages, never in the front pages. Yeah. And and I mean, if if I look at the match, I, I just got it up to that. Um, you know, Gianluca Viardi played. He scored for mm. Poyet. Dan Petrescu again. You know, he was just he was very average for them, wasn't he? But when when you see like the work rate and the skill that that some of these players had, it's just 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 amazing, wasn't it? Absolutely amazing. Another legend there, Dan Petrescu. Totally, totally yeah. forgot about him. But yeah, what a, what a what a player he was as well. But yeah, totally. Um, Get where you're coming from there. I mean, we'll we'll move on there, uh, Carlo, to current season. Currently, yeah. bottom of the championship. Uh, relieved Marcus Shop of his duties and replaced him with uh, Poyage Baggy. Is that how you say that? Yeah, um, Poyage Baggy, yeah. Yeah, I mean, what's your thoughts on this season at the moment? Um, we, we won against QPR and and listen I was very happy with three points but QPR never got out of first or second gear mm-hmm. and it wasn't that we made it hard they just had an off day yeah. um and 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 we won them and then you know you, you think oh is this another great escape 
And then that was on a Wednesday night, on a no, it was Tuesday night. And then on the Saturday, you play away at Coventry. Um, and um, we didn't have a shot on target. And you sort of think, how can we go from, you know, being at home? And then after that, obviously, we, we, we played Hull and, and we won 2 0. And it's, it's rare, it's rare that we scored two, two goals. But in the lineup, and there was a, a slight change of, of style. We, we won the ball again higher, higher up the, in the opponent's half. So when we did have it, we didn't have to go 60, you know, 60, 60 yards to, to try and pass it or whatever. So there, there were glimpses of what we did last season. And, and as a fan, I, I, as a Barnsley fan, I know we will often come up against teams with better players. And, and, and I'm fine with that as long as my team gives 100%. We've had really strange starting formations. We've had a player thrown in from the under twenty threes that he just suffers, and and it's horrible. And the thing is, as well, he lives in my estate, and 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 I feel so sorry for him because he's, you know, I think he'll be a very good defender, but just not yet. Um, and he keeps playing him, and you know, I get a manager saying, "Oh, they only get better," but I think you can destroy a player especially if you're doing you're at the bottom of the table because every mistake is is amplified isn't it it's magnified so it's been really strange i'm hoping he's listen if you ask me now i think we will go down because I've, i haven't seen enough of consistency because winning 2-0 away at hull um tuesday means nothing if we lose 2-0 at home against borough on 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 Saturday because because it don't does it? it it means nothing so there needs to be some sort of consistency it'll be interesting to see what he does with the lineup is he going to keep it the same and the style of play because in an interview in November um one of uh, one of our players uh, Callum Britton uh, they were talking about uh, you know that we weren't creating chances and and his words to the press was uh, yeah every time we get up there it feels like we're just playing off the cuff I feel it's something we need to train on more. And for, for any player, whichever division you're playing, to come out to the press to say it feels like they're playing off the cuff, it, it absolutely maddens Barnsley fans because, you know, in training, that's what they should be. You know, if, if, if you play week in, week out, you're not creating chances, you think, as a head coach, he's going to sit down with his assistant, how, how can we change this and what can we do? So, um, good result against Hull. Again, they were very, very poor, but you still have to be up to front here. I hope we see glimpses of that again, but we'll need it against Borough. Um, but if you ask me, I'm mentally preparing myself for life in League One. And to be fair, I, you know, let's hope it we can sort of stagnate it a little bit and and and, and push on rather than slipping even further. Because um, you know, when the board said they wanted to change the style of play uh, to, to get more bids for players, I get it. It's a business, but listen. No matter what anybody says, and I don't play FIFA, I don't play football manager, but we've got a, we've got a central defender nobody had heard of, and then uh, last see last year for the first time he got called up to Polish squad, Mikhail Helik, and um, you can't tell me that if a, a team in the championship we finished fifth, if somebody would have put a bid in for him, um, nobody did. The hoping hoping bids will come now. But he's a central defender. He's not going to bring the same money when you're relegated it's because you've conceded more goals than anybody else. And he and he's, he's a decent player. He's a really, really good player. So, um, yeah, it's it, it's a bit mystifying what's happening with the board. And we're one of these clubs that's owned by a consortium that's £3.6 billion or whatever that they have, which is great. They own a number of clubs in 
Belgium, uh, in, one in Holland, in Sweden, obviously in England. Uh, they're actually looking at Zaragoza at the moment. Um, I don't know if they're looking for a holiday or wanting to buy a club. But <laughs> I, saw that, I saw that in the press. Um, and it's, it's, um, I always find that worrying. And I know, you know, if you have an owner, and I'm not saying his sole focus has to be the club, but when you've got a consortium that holds seven or eight, and and none of them are doing really any any good. Um, it's worrying because as a Barnsley fan, you want the owner to have your club at the, the the you know first when they get up in the morning to go to bed at night. It's all about the club, isn't it? And when they've got six or seven other ones, and looking to um to buy some more, it, it's just worrying because I think what's happening hurt is hurting the fans a lot more than what it's hurting the board and the the owners. Yeah, no, I I agree. I mean, obviously, you know, you look at last season, De Valera and Ismail finished fifth. Um, yeah. a big fall from Grace, obviously, and neutral perspective. Um, do you think Barnes is going to go down this season? From what you've seen, uh, I don't want to say, it, but yeah, it's not looking good, is it? Where I think you know, I think Harlow hit the hit, hit the nail on the head before, and this is Peterborough as well. When you when there's a team who's you know they're minus twenty one points and they're above you in the league, then who are you going to finish above? That's that's the worry, isn't it? You know, yeah. and, um. You know, I, I, I really don't want to, don't want to see Barnsley go down. So I think there's probably, you know, teams in that division who I would prefer down in League One. But you know, it, it's not looking great to be honest. I think they've made a bit of a mistake when, when they got, when they got rid of the, the manager early on the season to hire an unknown. It would have been, you know, there would have been someone there who would have been a, a half decent British manager who would have gone there, you know. And I think that's what they needed. Um, it, it might be, it might end up, you know, if they keep them next season. Um, he's had, you know, he's he's had what six, seven, eight months to get used to the the style of, of British football, really. Um, yeah. And he might his ideas might hit on board in, in a less division, and, and it probably will. But um, yeah, unfortunately, I'm sorry, Carlo, but I, I do think they'll go down. Yeah, yeah I, I I agree with you, and I think the the problem we will always have, well, we've got these owners in place uh, in place, and I think they're very vocal about how they want us to play and all this. I think it scares British managers off, and that's why we go for these unheard of from Austria and Germany. I mean, if you look at the, the last few, Daniel Stendel, and nobody heard of him. Don't get me wrong, he did fantastic because he got he got us out of League One at the first time of asking, and then Gerhard Struve came in. Uh, nobody heard of him, although obviously he done well with the the, the Red Bull franchise over in Austria, um, and and he's obviously he left us then to go to uh, Red Bull New York. And then, uh, you know, uh, after Struve, but it was Valerian Ismail. We'd not heard of him, although um, some of us of a certain age can remember him playing. Yeah. Um, Watford, I think it was. So you think, mm, you know, okay. And then Shop came in. And, and, and I, I, if, at first I thought it was a bit of a joke. You know, when, when they saw the interview and he thought, no, because you look at tapes and he'd actually played for Austria. And I, I, like I said, I don't play FIFA. I don't play football manager, but I reckon... I, I could have done a better job because <laughs> yeah. some of these there's only us there's only Barnsley that can have five central defenders so we play two and then we'll play a right back in the left back slot as part of the back three like and I'm thinking what are we doing and then the, the owners come out and say we're not going to have any loan players we're not going to have any loan players because we don't believe in bringing on other clubs assets that's not the way we do things at Barnsley so then at this moment in time we've got four loan players and they're the best four players we've got. <laughs> we've got a lad on loan from Bayern Munich second team. 
uh, and an option to buy him. He's doing all right. He's playing at left back or left, left, left mid. He does all right. We've got an under 23 from Man City. Uh, he's really coming into his own, but obviously no option to buy him. And then we got to we got that Quina in and uh, Bassi from Morocco. And when they first came in, we were all saying, "What are you doing?" And to be fair, our four, four long players are the best ones. So it's 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 we will go down because I think it's 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 February now. It's March next. It's too late now. I think if you're gonna if you're gonna avoid it early January, you should be on that run and and you know because then you can afford to drop some games. We can't afford to drop any really. And I think if your lone players go back, it's the bare bones, isn't it? And I don't think this. Um, I don't, I said, I don't, you know, League One's got a lot stronger since the last time. And no matter, I know it's only like three seasons or whatever, but it, it's got a lot stronger. It's it's becoming a hard league to get out of. Yeah, and totally. We're still in it with five seasons. We're right, four seasons in now, and we're still not nothing likely to get out of it. It's it's such a difficult league. You're totally right there. And 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 I'm thinking, and it's another beast. It's a different beast than the championship. And and our aim was always just to survive in the championship. And after last season, and now it's it mustn't be relegated. Mustn't be relegated. If you go into League One, the mindset needs to change. Like we need to compete, but it's this losing mentality. And we're used to it. And not that they want to be used to it, but that's if if you've only won four matches and it's early March. It's, you know what I mean? It, it takes a big change, doesn't it? And I, I, I can't help but think that if you had an English manager, he could probably recognise that better. And I hate nothing more. And listen, you're Geordie lads, you love your football. You know when a manager stands on the sideline with his hands in his pocket and you're losing 3-0. And I think it's the youngest team in the EFL. Maybe you should shout, like, come back, drop deep, cover, whatever. But you know when they just stand and... and um, often when, if, especially if you're away and I watch your eye follow, and he sits with his assistant and they're looking at this little notebook and I'm thinking, have they got a menu in there what they're having tonight? So I, if you have the mixed kebab and I get the pizza and then we can answer <laughs> a bit to each other, you know what I mean? And, and I think... We'll get a free can of pop. And free delivery. Uh, <laughs> and cheesy chips. But if you get, if you if, if they're struggling on the pitch, and that's why I think the fans get so frustrated and the booing start and the whistling starts because there's nothing coming from the sidelines. And and like I say, it'll get worse because like League One, I mean, credit to Rotherham, because uh, obviously it's not far from here. Um, and, and uh, you know, they, they, they're giving it a right old go. And I think that's the sort of manager, uh, you know, Paul Warren, um, been there, done that. And um, I don't think we have that. I think it's going to be rabbit in the headlights again. Can you imagine if we go down and let's say we play Sunderland and, and you go there and you've got, I don't know how many thousand people, enthusiastic, um, and, and he stands there quietly on the sideline with his little notepad. I, it don't bode well. It don't bode well. So, um, But, hey, some good away days. So, let's both be yeah. all right. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, we'll, we'll move on to, uh, you know, the final segment of, of the podcast, our uh, baller and ball league of the week, Carlo. I mean, we'll we'll start with yourself. I mean, who who's really stood out for you this week in the world of sport? Um, in a negative way, but also slightly positive. Um, I have to say that it's great to see Leeds doing so well. Um, <laughs> falling apart again, wheels off the bus. Um, yeah, they um two heavy defeats. Is it ten goals they've conceded in two matches or something? Something like um, that. Yeah. Yeah, so you know the the fairy tale, and my my manager is a is a Leeds uh, is a Leeds fan, 
And I, I remember last season, and they did well last season, don't get me wrong, saying, honestly, Carlo, it's, we're going to go into Europe. It, I'm telling you now, we're, we're going to go into Europe and, and I'll be going, I'll be going. So we'll we'll get that, we'll get together quickly early in the season when I know the dates where we're going, because I'm, I'm going, I need you to cover for when I'm off. And I just look <laughs> at him now, going, how's that going? <laughs> and, and they're in real danger, aren't they? They're in real danger. So just because, because you'll know, and you're very honest and very open, when when leads come to Oakwell, they always, if, if, if according to, to their fans, they always bring at least one and a half million fans, at least, you know. They never say, oh, we, we sold out 6,000. Says, oh, no, 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 we, we brought 16,000. Um, they, they're just, yeah, full of themselves. So Bielsa not doing so great is, um, I, I, I get a little bit of joy out of it. Because Barnsley's not doing very good, but there's somebody doing worse than us. So that has to be, that has to be, a, that has to be a good thing. And um, in a positive way, I see, oh, that's, that's really, really difficult, isn't it? Um, you got me with that one. You should have given me a bit of notice, you know. Have you got one? Because I can have a little think about it. Football, Carlo. It could be any sport. You don't have to. It doesn't have to be football. Um. See, football is is really because I I can go really boring and say, well, you know. The English women curling team, but I never even know curling was a sport till I lasted it on because <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean. Um, well, I, I tell you what, I tell you what, and I know I'll well stick to football. And I just mentioned them actually. I think Rotherham, um, for as far as I know, they got a decent result again and uh, you know, top of the table. So, as a Barnsley fan, I don't mind sharing that with Paul Warren, and he can be because I think what he's done, and he wasn't given any chance, was he? It's a very low budget, but mm-hmm. what, he, what he gets out to his players and how they are performing, even better, bearing in mind that Rotherham and Sheffield is, it's, well, it's one road, almost goes from one to the other, isn't it? So, yeah, it's great to see Paul Warren do well, and, and I mean that because um, when they went down and, you know, we stayed up, uh, they they had a horrible run in last year with COVID. They played something, it was like 10 matches in three weeks or something. It was, it was too much. So I'll say Paul Warren for me, and he deserves that. Fair play. And what about yourself, Ant Baller and Ball Lake? Um, just being mentioned, actually, by, by Carlo for Ballers is, is the um, the Great British Curling team, especially Eve Muirhead, uh, who's been trying for pretty much 20 years. Well, she's only 31, so about what, 12 years to fourth Olympics. Um, she's finally won that gold medal. So um, fair play to her, actually. Um, I, I'm I'm kind of in the. I didn't. I really enjoy curling. I never knew it was a sport until the one the last time. Um, and I I probably enjoy it now. So it, it might be one of them things. It's one of the things I'd love to do on a stag do. You know what I mean? Like go yeah. and watch, uh, go and play a bit of curling. <laughs> I don't know if, uh, if you'd be allowed or anything. I'd not let you on the rink. Um, yeah. There must be a game you can make out of it. You know, on the ice, maybe like a crater lager. And you know what I mean? And if you don't get points, you have to sup it or something like it. <laughs> that would be that would be ideal, right? And and ball ache, because this is Chen actually probably the first time I've ever done this guy where it is a ball ache. Um it's a, a guy, I don't think you'll know, he's called Remy Lindholm. Um he's Finnish. Yeah. And he is a fifty kilometer cross country skier. Um basically he finished the competition. And he had to have um, a heat pack issued to his testicles because they'd frozen solid. <laughs> <laughs> 
So can you imagine how much pain that Pivich had been? Um, so he's going to be my ball egg of the week. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> and Remy, if you're listening, we, we feel for you. Well, maybe not feel for you, but you you know what I mean. Like we, we know. Did actually have to feel for him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, our thoughts are with your penis, Remy. Your thoughts are with your penis. I mean, that probably makes no sense, but still, you know what I mean. Um, in regards to my baller and bollocks, first you start with baller. Got to give it to Sean Dyson Burn, Sean Dyson Burnley. I mean, two great results for them. You know, they could actually maybe get out of this now. I mean, they've they've done well over the last two games. I mean. Everyone wrote them off, um. So fair play, you know. Congratulations to them. A uh, great result against um. I can't remember who they were playing yesterday. One one nil though, didn't they? Spurs, wasn't it? Spurs, yeah. Spurs. Oh yes, yeah, Spurs. What was I thinking of there? And Conte looks a dejected man after that. I mean, I feel like Conte is trying to get himself sacked. If I'm being honest, um. By the way, he went on with his press conference yesterday, and my ball ache is is kind of someone who is trying to make himself involved with sport. Um, obviously, Ant, you'd be very familiar with him as well because I saw you retweet him. Out. <laughs> Sorry, Big Billy William Story. Yeah, so at Rich Energy CEO, mate, you talk a lot of crap on Twitter. Stop talking shite. You made huge strides on a Sunderland deal. No, you didn't. You're trolling Sunderland supporters, and it's not fair. Like, if you if you want to talk shite, by all means, you can come on this podcast and you know you tell us about your bid. I really oh, hope. No, I don't want to. I would it. love to hear him talk shite to me. I would love to hear him talk shite because it's, it's bullshit, William. Stop lying. Stop pretending that you're trying to bid for Sunland and stop trying to get yourself involved in effectively, you know, like a, a bad run for Sunland AFC at the moment. It's it's not fair. It's not fair on the fans. So, William, piss off. Don't like you. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll leave it at that, Carlo, as well. I mean, want to obviously thank you very much for joining the pod tonight. Do really appreciate it. Can find you over on Twitter at Reds Report, Instagram Reds Report. Get over on the YouTube channel. Check out the podcast as well. Yeah, I have to say, um, I, I I was we used to do it. It used to be a live radio show. Yeah. Then COVID hit, and we did a weekly podcast. That sort of gone to like every two weeks. Yeah. A because apparently we're doing shit, and there was nothing to talk about, and we're just repeating ourselves week in week out. And um, I've I've just come back from sort of like well, I'm not saying long term sickness, but I've been off sick for about two and a half months, and I'm back at work and everything. Yeah. So everything's all right now. But I'm getting back in the rhythm, so it tends to be every two weeks. But yeah, um, and obviously when when this goes out, if we on Twitter, we'll we'll retweet it, and uh, we've got a you know a good number of listeners that. Are always listen to when we appear on a lot of people's pods so um yeah uh, and um it's uh, it's been a real pleasure and it's really nice to talk football in general sometimes rather than oh, there's somebody else that wants to talk about Barnsley doing shit you know what i mean because <laughs> i've had that whole season so i, I feel yeah. really really enjoyed it oh no worries well we really appreciate you being on the show carlo and Anne, as always love to uh, obviously catch up with you as well on the podcast yeah uh, obviously just want to I don't want not not to, not to know the tools it's not because I know we've had like a really really fun hour but obviously the, you know we try and get these to go out as soon as possible and I just want to dedicate this podcast to the uh, the people of Ukraine you know we're all behind you we're, we're all fighting with yeah. you so um, yeah I think that just needed to be said Gary yeah that's fair enough that's fair enough obviously it's a big thing that's happened in the news today obviously we're recording this podcast on the 24th of february this podcast will be going out friday the 25th of february so yeah no that's fair enough totally understandable um but yeah totally agree as well and thank you very much carl for your time thank you very much for your time tonight and yeah. and we will see Proper you again 
all the madness this guy isn't he carlo you're a proper footballing guy it's been such a pleasure to talk to you it's it's you know i've always said it over covid life was shit wasn't it and then when barnsley were doing well that picked you up and now covid's gone and Barnsley doing shit. So yeah, but fo- football—it's—it's it's more than just a religion, isn't it? it? It's part of my way of life, and it's where I go and enjoy my mates. It's where I can relax. It's where I get really mad, um, and it's just ingrained in this culture where you know the the calling mine industry and the the crossbowing industry that we had here went, and the only thing people look forward to, and uh, they've just restructured the whole town centre. Nobody gives a shit. Nobody, <laughs> nobody. Well, when I say nobody goes, that like my wife might go, but the working class folk, mainly the, the males, and that's not being sexist, but you know, large percentage of people that go to bars are male. It's it's all about the football. And um, when I I talk to you know blokes at 70, 80 that have been going for 50, 60 years, I find it intriguing, and and I hope that in you know so many years time, you know that'll be me because it's just part of who I am, and, and especially coming from Holland, but being accepted yeah. to to be able to do that. So yeah, um, yeah, I love talking football. No, yeah, same. Good to have you on, man. Really, really enjoyed that tonight. Really enjoyed it. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.